0: I want to talk about something I started talking about on Saturday, on my Saturday class, uh, which is the, the oh, idea of hope and love. And I was at a, a thing on Friday night. There was this nine ten day uh, event called Into Action, which was in downtown L.A. Did anyone hear about that? It was this really, yeah, it was this really excellent Probe day, ten days or nine days of of workshops and talk and music and it was artists and activists and it was um, open to the public and it was free and they had <coughs> tremendous speakers and uh, an art installation of of really awesome activist art um, and I went on Friday night to hear a conversation with John Legend and Brian Stevenson. Mm. And John Legend is, a, is a, a musician, many of you know him. He's very, very talented. He's won Grammys and Oscars and Tonys and um, many things. And he's also quite an activist. And Brian Stevenson is a man who is an attorney and he works in Alabama and he founded what's called the Equal Justice Initiative, which works with people who are wrongly convicted, works with people on death row. And he's, he wrote a book called Just Mercy, which is quite amazing. If you like to read, um, I recommend this book highly. It's quite powerful where he describes many, many, many of the cases he worked on. Um, and you sit there and go, how could this happen? How can this happen? But it happens mm-hmm. all the time. People who are not even convicted of a trial being put on death row before their, before their um, um, trial were not even convicted, and, and just the insanity of uh, our system. And they talked of, and the topic was mass incarceration, um, and uh, which is, you know, epidemic in this country. Um, it's it's absolutely an epidemic, and it's an epidemic um, that uh, disproportionately impacts Black and Brown people. It's, it's pretty horrific. And so they were having this conversation and one of the things Brian Stevenson talked about is he talked about, um, they both talked about, but he talked about hope. He talked about the importance of hope in this work that he does. And then at the end of the evening, they both talked about the importance of love, the importance of love in the work that they're doing. And, 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 um, those two words landed for me because, in the midst of this, you know, this, this, this broken system that we have in this country, uh, and and the horror that we see uh, on a daily basis, that the two most important things that they have that they brought from this are hope and love. And I said, I'm. It, it's it landed with me in a powerful way. And I said, okay i want and want to investigate this, and I want to look at this in a in a um, in a Buddhist way. What does Buddhism say about hope mm. <laughs> um. <laughs> it doesn't bode well, does it um. <laughs> And in Theravada and Buddhism, and, and that's what we are, the, the, the lineage that we practice at Against the Stream, for those of you who are not familiar with Buddhism, um, there's a lot of different lineages, and Theravada is the, what's known as the lineage of the elders and pretty much traces, um, we trace our practice and what we study back to the earliest um, extent. Uh, texts of, of the Buddhist teachings, and there are many other lineages and and sects, denominations, what have you, throughout. There's Zen, and there's Tibetan, Shambhala, Pure Land. There's many, 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 many different um, varieties of Buddhism, um, and they and the, they have a little bit of a different take on the beliefs. But in Theravada Buddhism, there is no hope. <laughs> What is, What is that sign? give? Uh, something, give up hope all ye who enter here, something like that. It, but it's not that dire, okay? It's not that you don't have to all leave now. It's really not that bad because you're sitting there going, what the fuck? <laughs> um, really? Really? <laughs> really? So um, when you, and then I don't want to get really academic about this, but I was listening to some I was listening to a bunch of dharma talks around this this week and I listened to a couple of dharma talks from some lay teachers and they were eloquent about hope and then I listened to a dharma talk by a nun, a monastic nun and she's the one who said there is no hope. Because she talks about hope being lost in the future. Mm-hmm. Hope being something that's quite passive. And where we sit there and we just hope for things to get better. And so in, if you look at it in that way, there's no hope in these types of teachings. And, and Tara Brock, who's a, a teacher out of Washington, D.C., talks about that kind of hope as egoic hope, where we're looking at, we hope something will happen, and then we'll be happy. I hope I get the job. I hope I get the relationship. I hope I win the lottery. I hope, 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 I hope. And so there's this passivity and this looking towards something to fix us. And it's like a roller coaster type of ride where we hope this happens and then it happens and then we're happy and then it goes away and then we're not happy. And, and it's very dependent. Our, 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 our hope is very dependent on outside things. So in that sense, there's not really a lot of hope in Buddhism, but what there is, and which I think can be looked at in the same way and really kind of maybe substituted, is the idea of faith. Mm-hmm. And in Buddhist teachings, in, in this, um, there's, a, there's a, uh, a list, one of the many lists in Buddhism is the five spiritual faculties, and the first one is faith. This belief that it can it can work, it can work. You know, it can work. And in when we look at um, some core teachings and some real basic stuff that most people in who practice Buddhism do, one of them is the refuges and taking refuge in the Buddha. Is one of them, and, ta- and that's kind of taking refuge in this person, this person, not a deity, not any special magical thing, but this person who was able to uh, find freedom from suffering, find freedom from this this pain, this this discomfort, the suffering that he caused himself through craving and clinging and aversion, through his inability to be present for what was happening, through his inability to be with what was. That's how we suffer. That's his teaching on how we suffer, our inability to be okay with reality, with what's happening. Now, it's not an easy journey necessarily because so many of us have come from such wounded places. We come from um, uh, great trauma. We come from great pain, great suffering, great abuse. And um, in in as I was looking into this, one of the things that's a real, and I'm going to, Tonight, I'm going to kind of use hope and faith interchangeably, but when, if I say hope, I mean it in the, in not in the passive sense, but in the, in the faith sense that I'll get into a little bit more. Um, one of the problems is it's so easy not to have hope because what the idea of not having hope is is when we're, so dis, is when we're disconnected, is when we're living in this place of isolation, this place of loneliness, this place of um, not being a part of. And that's what feeds despair, which kind of can be the other end of the spectrum from hope and faith, is despair. This why bother? If you think of it, there's despair on this end. It's like, who cares? Why bother? And then the other side is faith. You know, there's this spectrum that we can move along. Larry Yang talked about that. In moving from this spectrum of... It's not like a, you're either in despair or you're in hope, but there's this journey that we take. And I think that's the journey of faith. Saying, okay, you guys are telling me that this stuff works. I'm going to believe what you say, and I'm going to try it. So there's an element of, of um, action in this faith. And that's that's the next of the... the uh, the set of the five faculties energy making effort to move in a direction whether we see it or not um, you know we have been hurt all of us have been hurt in our lives anybody in here never experienced hurt okay I saw a couple hands I want to talk to you um, <laughs> I want to know how that works um and so there's this hurt all of us have experienced and that we, we can we tend to armor ourselves. And the armoring we think we're taking care of ourselves but what this this wall does is we're cutting ourselves off from others. And some of it this armoring is 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 this hurt is is huge. And a lot of, for for many people it's intergenerational. I mean there's 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 segments of the population um, people of color, Indigenous people who have been brutalized for centuries, and this this these walls are large. There's, you know, the everybody's been hurt, but some of us have much more hurt than others. And there's this armoring that um, uh, the the hurt is is the abuse is loud and right there, and. Um, the despair is easier to get to and the why bother is easier to be in. And I've been in those places of despair in my life. I've been in those places of it sucks and it's not going to get better. And, and the way it is right now is the way it's always going to be, so why bother? That's the place of Despair. That's a place of no one can touch us. No one can get to us. You can't help me. You don't understand. That's a lonely, lonely, lonely place. But this, this um, offering of faith, I don't know what it is that turns a person from that despair to the road of faith. Um, I know for me it was the acknowledgement that I just just didn't want to hurt anymore. And what did I have to do to not hurt so much anymore? And it was actually mine was reaching out and saying, okay, help. For the first time, reaching out to another person and saying, okay, help but actually wasn't even reaching out and saying anything. It was just kind of going somewhere where other people were who were doing <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit here for a while. You know, Larry talked about, um, um, he talked about, um, you know, the the suicide rate among um, uh, queer, queer teens, you know, gay and lesbian teens and how great it was. And he was talking about the importance of the... Um, It gets better campaign, you know? It gets better. Yeah, it sucks right now, but it gets better. And that's a fundamental teaching of Buddhism is everything is impermanent, but when we're in that place of despair and in that place of isolation, we're in this idea of it's never going to get better. It's going to stay the same forever. And so Buddhism comes in with this idea of actually it's going to change. It's going to change. So to somehow connect, maybe be able to open to hear that, is important. And to say, okay, I'm willing. So there's the faith that it's going to get better. I don't see it. But I, I trust you. I trust one person. I used to read biographies all the time of people who had worse lives than I did. <laughs> There's a lot of them out there. <laughs> you know, Holocaust survivors, things like that. Read, read Just Mercy by Bryan Stevenson. People have it a lot worse than I do and come out the other side. Um, and say, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. If Buddha can do it, I can do it. You know? If if, if these people that I've come across, if if you know, I stumbled into a class with Noah, who, who was our founding teacher here many, many years ago, it's like, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. You know, if you read Dharma punks, he came from a, a crazy childhood. It's like, okay, so we find this way in. This, this one crack, we open this little crack into the armor, let some light in, and have some faith, and then say, okay, maybe this will change. I have faith that this will change. Not that I'll get the prizes, not that I'll, I'll you know get the shiny stuff, but what's happening right now will shift and change. And maybe it won't suck as much. Or maybe I'll know how to hold the pain with kindness and compassion. Because kindness and compassion are not words that we use a lot when we're in despair. I don't know about you, but they were not in my vocabulary for a very long time. Especially compassion for self. That was just unheard of. So when we're willing to hold that um, um, open that. Allow that light in. We're willing to let go of what we think it is, and because when we're caught up in that despair, it's our it's our um, it's our view of the world, our rigid view of the world that's unshifting. That's just like this this rigid thing that does doesn't serve. And if we can just crack it or shift it a little bit. You make room for something different. And then there's that, as I said, there's that, that next factor of awakening, which is energy, persistence, making the effort. One of the really important things in, um, in this... These teachings is the idea of intention, and I talked about intention last time. I think I talked about it last time I was here. I've talked, yeah, I think so. Um, Really, having the intention to move in a way that's beneficial to ourselves, inclining our minds in a more wholesome way. We talked about that um, during the Q and A, but inclining our minds, getting our minds out of that rut of reliving the past and creating the future and and trying to make sure it all works out okay and really just learning to say, you know what, I want to live in harmony. Because that's what intention is. It's living in harmony. We have an intention to live in harmony with the way it is, in harmony with other beings, in harmony with ourselves. And that harmony is part of connection. If we're in that despair, if we're in that isolation place, there's no need for harmony because who cares? We're by ourselves. But when we start moving into this realm of connectivity with others, then we want to become harmonious with them. We want to learn how to walk together. Not in our own individualistic way walking in harmony is really powerful and that's our aspiration to move with wisdom and harmony with others so we have this um, this journey from despair to faith from despair to hope and we take action we move in the direction, and we do. We go to places where other people are. We we seek help if we need some help. We say, "How did we talk to people?" Say, "How did you do this? How did you get from this place to that place? How did you get from being little Mary Sunshine to an acknowledgement that sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's unpleasant, and it's okay? It doesn't have to be. How do you get diagnosed with the human condition?" And accept it that there's no perfection in this life. Then another part of the um, the factors of, of awakening are, um, excuse me, of the factors of the spiritual factors is mindfulness, sati. we, we remember to stay present. Because when I was in the pits of despair. And when I go there now, I go there briefly. I don't live there. But I go there every once in a while. It's never about right now. It's always about what's going to happen. The fear. The fear takes over. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Or the self-loathing of Why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. You know, we just kind of go back and forth, yesterday, tomorrow, yesterday, tomorrow, yesterday, tomorrow. They don't exist. They don't exist. All we have is right now. Can we come back to now and bring some compassion to that pain we're experiencing, that pain that's part of being a human being, that we all experience? All of us get that. Can we be kind to ourselves in that moment, right here, right now? So the mindfulness is so important. Come back, come back, come back. That's what we're all practicing when we sit. How do we be present with what is? Without taking that spiritual bypass to get to the good stuff. I need to get to the good stuff. I need to get to the good stuff. (laughs) Buddhist practitioners have a tendency to want to get to the good stuff. You know, I, I, I always, that phrase, it's all good. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's like, I'm I good. bet there's some, some messiness under there. Let's see the messiness. There's a poem, there's a poem that's really powerful. Oriah Mountain Dancer, I think that's her name. What's the, what's, do you remember, Leslie? Do you remember the title of The Miracle or The Journey or something? It's, you're going to whip out your phone. I know that. Um, but she, t- she says, I don't want to know. I want to, are you, you going to, um, I'm going to make this shit up. But what she's saying is, <laughs> what she's saying is, will you sit with me in the middle of the night with snot running down my face? That's what's, will you show me your insides? That's where we connect. Little Mary Sunshine never connected with anyone because I didn't know how. I had to have the smiley face all the time. You had to see this particular view of me. And I couldn't let you see anything else, even though inside I was like, I had to learn to be messy. I had to learn to have snot coming down my nose. I had to learn to fall down and have you say, it's okay. And for me to say, oh, it's okay, that eases the despair and builds the connection. The more I allow myself to be messy, And the more compassion I have for myself, the more compassion I can have for other beings. Thus going on and building that connection. Because we're not alone. We're in harmony with each other. We're in harmony with each other. The invitation. invitation. Thank you. Araya Mountain Dancer. Yeah. The invitation. If you get a chance, look up that poem. It's really great. It really talks to this messiness that's the the root of authenticity that's so important that leads to hope that leads to faith that leads to the willingness to take the action to cultivate the mindfulness you know and then we have stillness the next of those spiritual faculties is stillness concentration which comes it's a fruit of mindfulness we're able to have some equanimity with whatever's arising. So hope isn't hope for prizes all the time. Hope for, is, it's faith that we'll have ease hmm. in the midst of messiness. You know? That's what these people in prison have, this, this faith that they can have some ease. Hmm. I talked about going to San Quentin a few years ago, and there's a, a man up there, Jacques Verdun, who's done tremendous work with the prisoners. He does a lot of work with lifers. He has this training called GRIP, guiding rage into I never remember the last maybe peace something like that um, and he does work with these men and I was in a class with them up there and they were um, the, the, they were really powerful they had a real grasp of the present moment and a willingness of faith a trust to do the work to, and they had this ease with themselves and their situation it was quite mind boggling when you think of it, if you look on the outside, it's like, how can you possibly survive? And it's like, okay, this is where I am. How do I? How do I exist? How do I find some ease in this moment? Was it J. Jarvis Masters? He's been on death row in San Quentin for years. He's 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 uh, a Buddhist practitioner. Quite, he's written a number of books. It's quite powerful. But the power of this this. Um, Power of these teachings to bring some ease, in spite of, is what is important. I thought San Quentin have been closed down. No, oh. still open. Oh yeah, yeah. Alcatraz is closed oh, down. San <laughs> <that's the one. laughs> no, San Quentin's, San that's Quentin's the one. going strong. Unfortunately, um, you know. And then, and then um, the last piece of the evening that they talked about, and they talked about, is so important: is love. And you know, Buddhism actually does talk a lot about love. There's a teaching, the Metta Sutta, which talks about this is this is what shall be done by people who are skilled, and it's really about being um, turning towards everyone, everyone everyone (laughs) underline that word everyone with loving kindness we turn towards all beings, we radiate kindness to all beings born and not yet born yeah this unconditional willingness to have a kind heart that's the epitome of connection you pity me of connection. The willingness to not have hatred in our heart, that hatred which is such a, a, a poison for ourselves, which is such a, a, a key factor in aversion. How do we cultivate love and goodwill, compassion for all beings? Wise compassion, because wisdom is also a part of this, these uh, spiritual faculties wise in how we, we show up. We have compassion. we wish, excuse me, we wish the best for everyone, but we also work to end injustice where we see it. We work to end suffering where we see it. It's not idiot compassion. where we go whatever. Um, we see it, we accept, okay, this is the way it is. Accept doesn't mean like. We accept it, say this is the way it is. This is causing suffering. What do we do? How do we end these things that cause so much suffering? How do we work towards that? So there's, a, there's an invitation to action in that realm as well. So it's really important. Um, so that's love. We're driven by love. We're driven by compassion. We're driven by honest, um, generosity to help others. Because we practice not just for ourselves, but we practice for the good of all beings. May all beings be free. This is this is the, this is the loving kindness prayer um, phrases <clears throat> meta practice. May all beings be happy. May all beings be free. May all beings be at ease. May all beings feel safe. May all beings feel loved. You know what what's important to you, and and, and oftentimes we create phrases for ourselves in loving kindness practice that's important. May I feel supported. May I feel safe. May I feel loved. May I feel at ease, may I feel, when I, may I be free from fear. You know, what's important to us that we wish for all beings. We wish all beings to experience these things. That's the love we bring. We realize that many people in this world, I would say, unfortunately a large number of people in this world are driven by greed, they're driven by hatred, they're driven by ignorance. That's, what, that's why there's so much suffering there's so much pain there's so much injustice there's so much insanity because greed hatred and delusion is running amok it's running amok and we go against the stream by saying no time out that's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> not okay status quo is not not okay causes too much suffering we see too much suffering Hope, faith, love.